Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and I'm super excited to talk with our guest today. We have been chatting, and I'm like, we have to start recording because this is all so good. He is a lot like all of you listening and watching. He is an entrepreneur at heart and does a few things really, really well, but there's one specific hot topic that we want to share with you today and talk about, and it's real estate. So Jonathan, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. So before we jump off and talk about real estate and y'all, we'll probably like do a little bit of like digital marketing stuff too. We're like geeking out talking about courses and things like that earlier, but share with us your whole journey too, because you're clearly an entrepreneur and you know, what's hot and you go where, what is hot? Like, how have you fallen into some of these things that you love doing? Yeah, I think, uh, if you want to go way back I start when I was a little kid, I would, uh, <laughs> take my little, this is way back. I would take my little red wagon when I'm like four or five, go to the neighbors and sell the flowers from our yard to them. Shut up. <laughs> and awesome. take that money. Then take that money to buy toys at Toys R Us to buy like micro machines and you know the little cars or whatever. Oh, <laughs> so I sweet. learned the value of hard work at like four or five, just like kind of doing that. And the, you know, also that I learned how to go door to door and not be you know afraid to talk to people. And so when I got a little bit older, I started selling cards. Like back, I forgot it was some back of magazine offer, um, and then you go door to door and sell like holiday cards and I go door to door sell all the holiday cards so I get my Super Nintendo games. So I bought my Super SNS and all the games from just selling cards. So I learned the value of like working and you know being out there go and get what you want. So I think that's the old school mentality I learned from my parents. And then um as I was a teenager early 20s, uh I worked at BB, woman clothing store. Yep. Yeah, I ended up being the number one seller in that in the country and the first to sell like a million and a half in a year, uh, which was really good. Back in the, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you make uh, pretty good money. Like I was making 150 plus at my age, you know, it was pretty good. And then like them, Nima Marcus, Nordstrom's were all paying. That's when retail was really big. And everyone actually went to the stores, not shopped online, Mm pre-e-com blowing up. (laughs) So... I kind of saw that trend. That's what got me into like digital marketing. And then also same time, my dad was a real estate uh, developer, uh, had a couple of real estate offices and a contractor. So I, as this whole journey, I was always, you know, working on the job sites and, you know, in my teenage years, I used to fill the dumpsters, like, you know, there'd be extra lumber and parts. I'd fill the dumpsters. So I was always on the job side of real estate. So I really learned that side of it while I was doing my side hustles. And then, once I was about 30, I was like, I just want to be an entrepreneur full time. And then, you know, like 
basically just take control of my future. And that's when I did digital marketing and real estate, which is my two main focuses. And now everything's fast forward 10 years. Those are the two hottest things going right now. So just kind of wasn't like yesterday. It was a long journey to get here, basically. Well, and that's the important thing because anybody listening or watching and they're like, oh my God, this is easy. Like I can just do do some videos and then like sell some shit (laughs) online. And it's like, you know, I'm always telling people like, don't compare your numbers and your like today to like my today. I mean, we've been doing funnels and, and getting into e-commerce and doing things since 2013. And we still have not scaled one funnel to a million dollars, which is the click funnel dream of build a million dollar funnel. And, um, I asked you earlier, I'm like, have you been any click funnels conferences? Like, you're going to see that it's a little cultish, like in a good, like marketing way, but some of it, it's like the people get up there and they tell, you know, their stories. And, and, and I've, I've actually watched a lot of real estate people do it in their courses too. And I'm like, time out, time out. Okay. I know you just said you made six figures, seven figures on like this one webinar, but can you tell me like, how many did you do before that? And what was your investment and your overhead? Yeah, exactly. What was your actual net or, you know, yep. and they, they just kind of look at me. I'm like, you got, that's, that's a really important part of the story here because you're making people think sitting in the audience that you can just go do this like in a week. And I'm like, these are six to eight month projects. And then you test it. And then, I mean, the first couple we've done, like I never made a profit. I learned more and I got more data, but, but it's the long haul. And I mean, it's great because it is the two hottest topics right now. And just with real estate alone. And when the pandemic started, I never thought like the inventory of homes and people wanting to move and build onto their house. And then the whole supply chain of demand, like you you can't even get like simple things to, for, for like building homes or like doing these remodels, which I know that you've really started to do that. And so I do want to know, I do want you to share with people, how did you start to, cause is right now, like you have this niche of like doing flipping mobile homes. And so how did you get into that? Yeah. Cause like now it's like you alluded to real estate and like mobile homes are like probably the hottest real estate niche right now. One of the hottest and with the media and everything. Uh, but like when I started off 15 years ago, my dad got his first mobile home park and I would tell my friends, they're like, what are you talking about? And like, we're not like I was in a major suburb of Chicago before I moved to the city and like people out there, they're like, that's so weird. You know, it's not like, you know, if you're in a small town, you're used to them or whatever. And certain Florida or California probably used them because they're everywhere. But like where we're at, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Mobile home parks. This is so weird, especially being your twenties and I'm working at a fashion company. Like this doesn't make sense. I'm like, no, these things are great. And then uh, they were the top performing real estate asset. Actually, even, um, Forbes did an article last year, Wall Street Journal, I'm sorry. And it said, this is the best performing real estate since the last housing crash. And like, it just dominated. Like when everything goes really, really bad, people need affordable housing. If the rent and average rent, even at that time, is like $250, but the average apartment's $1,000 for the same thing. Of course, like if you're only paying 60 bucks a week to live in a house, it's a lot better than paying, you know, 250 bucks a week equivalent if it was an apartment or $1,500 for a house. So it always serves affordable housing and there's different levels of parks and most parks if you go in these houses if it 
they're decently maintained, they're actually nice. It's just like a regular, you know, it's just like a regular affordable house. It's not like people have this eight mile movie picture in their head where it's like, oh, it's going to be crazy. And there's like a meth dealer right next door. <laughs> it's not like that for 99% of the parts, but like the, the movies make it sound like that. But you go to anyone that's maintained it, it's actually a nice quality affordable living. That's the whole premise behind it. Maybe there's a few slumlords out there and some, you know, that's like anywhere. You go any place where people don't take care of it, it's going to happen. So, but my dad got his first park and I saw him because remember I said he did all different types of real estate. He's like, this is the best one I've seen. Like this one just makes sense. And at that time it was, you know, internet was just kind of getting big and then there wasn't really much on it. So the returns back then were like 20, 30 plus cash on cash, which is like unheard of, like in real estate. And that was like the norm. Now just to give you context in the last year, Wall Street, the biggest private equity in the world, Blackstone, Powell Group, these big Wall Street firms, and are buying billions of dollars in mobile home parks and like they're all in on our niche <clears throat> because it was a top performing real estate last year by far so when everything hit the fan and everyone was like you mentioned the cost going up we're the only affordable uh, option and so we dominate like a lot of like real estate went down in value like commercial side just because of you know the supply chain issues and like yep. you know, all the covid you know situation we just we do better when the when the crap hits a fan like goes crazy well, home parks dominate. So that's why people like that, the niche. And then for us, ethically, we're serving the affordable housing, providing quality place to live. We come in and re rejuvenate the park. And so I guess what comes back to your question is, yeah, 15 years ago, my dad got in it. I saw it. I was like, this makes sense. Affordable housing, always available to help people that need it. Why wouldn't this not do well? And now it's becoming such a hot niche. And like the numbers have been really substantiated the last like 10, 15 years. Like really you know being marketers too we understand data and the data all it shows like we just dominate when it's like when times are tough basically so that's why i went all in on it basically it's so interesting because a couple of things you said the first thing is you got to know your data you got to know your numbers and you yep. got to know your roi and then if it's good like and it's hot like you can go all in but you have to stay in front of the trends and yep. the data tells you that typically so that's really yep. important and we work with a lot of creative entrepreneurs and including myself. And I'm like, data numbers, ah, no, I don't understand. But once I learned how to understand it, it's like the first of every month, I get really excited. And I'm like, all right, let's look at the stuff. Like what worked, what didn't work? What made money? Where did we lose money? And it's, it's fun now. And my team makes it fun, which, you know, we got to have fun while we're doing it. Right. But the interesting thing that you said, and it's so true is that the way that Hollywood and the way that the movies like portray um, these, these parks and these, you know, you hear the term, like, I mean, I'm from the country and like all the time, like growing up, I can remember even when I was a little girl and people would use the term, like, well, they live in a trailer park, they're yeah. trash, like they're white yeah. trash. And I'm like, I don't really understand what that means, but my parents never let me said that. And like, I'm really glad that, you know, I was raised that way that it doesn't matter where people live. It doesn't matter who they are or what they do or how much money they have. Everyone is human. You respect everyone. You're nice to everyone. You make eye contact with people. You smile at people. You're nice. You're kind. It doesn't matter because you never know what's going on with someone. And I'm so thankful I was raised that way because there are so many uh, judgments around this kind of thing. But I will say Hollywood has ruined it. And so getting out there and educating the consumer on 
hey, it's not bad. It's actually, it's actually kind of cool now. So are you on TikTok? No, that's the only thing I'm not the only platform. I'm not. Okay. Listen, <laughs> it, real estate on TikTok is super effing hot right now. You got to check really? it out. Yes. There's this guy, actually there's multiple guys, but there's one specific guy. So we do a lot of affiliate marketing and set it up for people. And he is like, there's these two guys that are affiliate marketers, but they're um, totally different. One is like all in on like one big course, like a click funnel course and saying like, focus, focus, focus on being an affiliate for like one big thing that you believe in that has helped you grow your business. While this other guy, he is all, he's like 450 affiliates and all this income stream coming in from all this stuff. And they like do at each other on TikTok and like duel it out. It's actually really funny. And I'm like, do you guys have a deal behind the scenes? And you're Probably. like building this, which they kind of do. I, I kind of think they do from a marketing perspective. I think, I think it's really genius, yeah. but they both live out of vans and these vans are, I would say it's more like between like a mobile home, but like it's on wheels, you know, so they can move around and like show up for their audiences and they're like going around and creating these huge buzz, just fun outdoor parties with masks, but you know, social distancing, <laughs> like, like doing all these course launches. And so like some of my team members, I'll send them their TikToks and I'm like, we should get a GSD van and like drive it around. And it's like, get shit done. And you know, that's like our whole thing. And then the pandemic started and I'm like, well, I guess we have to get shit done at home. Right. But we have, and mm -hmm. one of my team members for one of her businesses, she actually purchased a van, like an old, this cool old Tommy kind of thing. But the whole thing is like, it's more, it's cool now, you know, like before it, it's like, oh, if you have a mobile home and you drive around in, in like a car home, like you're weird or you're poor. And the, but I love these two affiliate marketers because they're like, it's a souped up really, really nice thing. And they're like, we can go and reach our audience. And so they're completely reframing how consumers perceive like mobile homes and living in these different places where you can just up and go. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a crappy place and it doesn't have to be trashy. In fact, the lap before COVID, there was a new park is opening up like two hours outside of Nashville, like on the lake. And it was specifically for, it was kind of like motorhome kind of things, but it was like mm. very upscale luxury. So we did go tour it for clients purposes. I don't camp. I don't clamp. I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like bugs. I don't like the outdoors at all. But I do love the fact of like being able to like move around. So people that are, that are investing though, in these mobile homes, like, do they go and move to like different parks or do they just stay put? Yeah, good question. There's a couple of key takeaways. The uh, there's two things. There's the RV and then there's the mobile home. Okay. And technically, even though the name says mobile home, they they're actually full size homes. It takes like you know big semis, double it's like double it. wides, and like they have to have a track a truck that follows to make sure people move out of the way. And okay. So they typically, like ninety five percent never really move. Okay. And the RV side, like you said, the RV side is very closely related. So a lot of mobile home park owners will have like an RV park too or component to it. Uh, which is another trend like that those things are exploding right now too well both of them are you have the tiny home movement you have tv shows now about the tiny home movement so that you know people 
the demographics, even millennials now are like, well, hey, I'd rather, especially if the creatives, like I'd rather be in Bali half the year. And then instead of having this, two, you know, 3000 month apartment, I'll pay 500 bucks, 400 bucks for like a luxury of mobile home. And then six months a year, I'm in Bali, you know, doing that or traveling around the country. But then I have all this extra money I'm saving instead of having this luxury apartment that I'm stuck in and can't go anywhere. So that's why it's been fueling that. And then people, uh, then also comparatively, if you can look at it, like if you're in a mobile home, you usually have your own like grass and, you know, acres, the RV park, especially will have like, you know, amenities, they'll have like lakes or they'll have something to do. Your average apartment for this same price or, you know, even like a class B or C apartment probably doesn't have anything. And it's probably from like the 60s, 70s, uh, you know, it doesn't have anything, you know, enjoyable. So you get all the amenities, you get to save all the money. And that's what's really you're driving it. And then also what you mentioned, which is funny, like his beginning of the conversation was Hollywood back in the 50s, 60s, luxury mobile homes were actually considered luxury. And then it kind of pivoted over time. So like Elvis had a like hit his own park in front of his uh, mansion, whatever they call it down there. Uh, in Tennessee, was it? The, in uh, Memphis, I've yeah, been. I he was... had his own little like twelve. All of his crew, that was back. And, like so, it was like luxury back in the day. And then it kind of pivoted to as they got older, like as you know, it was considered like a luxury second home, or you want to get away. And right now, too, speaking of that, there is Paradise Cove in Malibu. Like Matthew McConaughey lives out there. Uh, I think Betsy Johnson, the designer, it's one of the major like women's designers. Um, and then there's also one in um, something in Hamptons in New York, and it's like billionaire from Wall Street. It's like three, four or five billionaires. Three or four or five billionaires live in this mobile home park as a weekend getaway because it's right in the ocean. So they have like their million dollar mobile home and they just go in there, they change, they go for like two days and they go back to the, you know. So you have like both spectrums. You have like, they still to this day, there's still some like really, and like the average house in the Paradise Cove, just to give you context, is like three to six million three to six million, but the same houses next door are like 40 million. And so yeah. that's why it appeals to people. So, and you're both in both those par community of parks, you're right on the ocean. So it's like, I get ocean view for 3 million. It's still worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so compared to like what everything else is, and you know, like it's crazy over there in California, but yeah. And then for the investment side of it, it's, it's been feeling it too, because it just, it's, you can't really develop new parks. RV, you can, uh, but mobile home parks, it's like a lot of cities, it's taxation purposes. They don't get the taxation, the local, like just give people context on the financial side of it. The cities take the money from the real estate taxes to pay for the schools, the infrastructure, the roads, the fire, the police, the libraries, all that stuff. And then if the average mobile home tenant's paying 10 bucks a month and, you know, 120 bucks a year, while the average house across the street spending four grand, well, what do they want more of? They want the four grand, not the 120 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So that's why cities like that. And that's another benefit for the tenants. Like, Hey, we get to go to the same school fire, everything. We get all the same amenities for 10 bucks a month. The person across the street is spending more in real estate taxes than we pay for our lot rent. So interesting. Never, never thought of these things. This never thought of these things. Yeah. Ever. So if people want to get into real estate, like this specific type of niche, like, and, and it, I just, I keep going back. Like when COVID started, like my brother was building a home, like we've been looking to move our, like even just personal experiences. I'm just like, this is crazy. What is happening with real estate and yeah. like the inventory and 
like I'm on all these lists that I sign up for willingly because I want to be emailed like all the new MLS stuff, like any land, any, just because me and my brother have been looking. And then we were also looking for land to build out like a content creation studio. And even the land has been hard and the prices were, I mean, so inflated and like, I'm over here, like looking at what it was four months ago. And I'm like, are these people effing crazy? Like I'm from here. Like I grew up in Nashville. (laughs) Like this was the slums. This is where like, I mean, undercover, my, my dad was undercover cop. My brother was undercover cop before he started his PI business. And it's like, my, I'm like, I think my dad was like shot (laughs) somewhere over there. But now it's like the way that they are, um, the way that the infrastructure of the city and how they really started to build it up, like the crime and stuff. It's, it's like on one side of the interstate, you've got crack houses, but, and some mobile homes that are crack houses. And then on the other side of the interstate, less than a mile, you have million dollar homes, you know, that are the tall and skinnies and it's so just the real estate market in Nashville alone. I know that it has been crazy because I have friends that live all over the world who have been saying just like real estate's crazy, real estate's crazy. But if someone wants to get into investing, do you have a course or something that teaches people like how to get into like mobile home investment type things? Yeah, actually, we have a launch coming in about four weeks here, three or four weeks. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be like step by step teaching people how to flip uh, wholesale. And the best part about our our niche is like it doesn't like you mentioned how that skyrocketing cost. The average house in America has gone up to like three hundred and some thousand dollars. And well, if you're collecting unemployment or you work at, you know, fifty percent of the jobs that created from the last decade are, are minimum wage jobs. But if you make minimum wage, you could live in a mobile home park and still have food and still have, you know, be able to live. And that's why you, if you're serving that percentage, the sixty million of people in America that need affordable housing, you fill that void. And there's only forty-four thousand parks, and you know, so you have this large, you know, gap of where you need to be, and we have the only solution. So there's always demand for it. So we teach people how to get started step by step. We have all the contracts. I have, a, and our industry is kind of like a lot of the old school guys are kind of like they never wanted to give away the secrets, but then the internet happened. Yep. <laughs> because they knew it was such a gold mine, and now like when the, all these articles start coming out, so now they have to, you know, it's like changing of the guard. The old school guys are selling off their old parks and making huge money. And then the new people coming in want to revitalize it and, you know, make money and, you know, also serve that affordable housing need. Um, and so we, we basically teach people how to do the, the flipping and wholesaling, but then also we have like a bonus section, how to buy your first park. It's not real intensive on it, but the whole goal is to get people to flip wholesale or rent, rent to own. And so they have that monthly income for the next few years. And then eventually you know, as you're doing these with some of these parks that you, you know, a small park, the owner will say, Hey, I want you to sell this to you instead of listing with the broker. I like what you've done, your hands on. And then now you become a millionaire just by getting your first park. So, and then the most of the time the seller will finance that or give it to you, or you get, you know, if it's a small enough park and they like you, you probably get seller financing for the first few years. Then you go to the bank and say, Hey, this is the cash flow of the asset or use the same bank he's using. We're just changing it over. I don't need to put a down payment because he's handing it over to me or you post in the equity other parts. So it's a, it's a great way to just basically teach people how to be financial free and the easiest real estate. Yep. And the best part is, I forgot to mention this, is like you're not competing 
when you mentioned all the other real estate, everyone's going on the MLS. It's driving the prices up crazy on the regular real estate. Well, our niche is under the radar. So, because every TV show is teaching people how to flip single family houses, every course, every seminar that comes into town, there's a room full of 500 people. Do you want to compete with those same 500 people? And you're even in Nashville, 500 people competing in one room and they do seminars every week. That's thousands of people competing. Or do you want to compete with like one or two people? So it's like really blue ocean as an entrepreneur, you want to be in the ocean where you can come in, you don't even have to be that great and come in and scoop it up before everyone's, you know, the riches are in the niches. You want to go where people are not at, but it's also trending and also where there's opportunity and you're also helping people. So it kind of fits every void. And then you kind of come in there and just be like, all right, cool. This is might not be glamorous, but you know, this is where the money is. And I'm also helping people and making money. Absolutely. So like, how does this work? Do you like go buy some land and then, you know, like get all the trees down and then you, you know, buy some mobile homes and then you start apart. Like, this is just me as a dumb consumer, like not knowing, but I'm like, like, do you have to get permits to do this? Or like, I'm sure it's all in your course. You're like, just watch the course, but like, really, I mean, how, do, how does that work to like start a park? Is that how it works? Like my whole thing is like, I, what I'm picturing in my head, have you been to burning man in Las Vegas or have you heard of it? No, no. I, I, yeah, I know. I know exactly what it is. I know people go to it, but yeah. I'm just like envisioning like this amazing park, like this mobile home park with nice mobile homes and like all the digital marketers who do courses, like coming together, like once a week, like a quarter and like having these amazing discussions about like Facebook ads and how crazy it is right now anyway. But I'm just like, how do you do this? Like, can you just, can anybody go buy land, clear it, bring in mobile homes and start marketing them and renting it to people or are there rules? Yeah. A couple, good question. There's a couple of points that uh, speaking of your idea, Tony, the guy that just I think maybe killed himself or had that issue from Zappos. We sold to Amazon. Mm-hmm. He had his own mobile home park and community full of like creatives in Vegas. You know, he was worth like, you know, eight or 900 million. And he lived in his own mobile home park and it was in Vegas and he'd do like parties and stuff like that. They would have like a daily outdoor, uh, like, kind of like Burning Man, they have a little concerts outside and it was all creatives and it's tiny homes, mobile homes. So it's kind of, he literally took took your idea and was doing that. And that one's like, well, he's, and then he also did a lot of, you know, infrastructure Vegas, but yeah, like a billionaire living in a mobile home. That was kind of like the story. You know, he just passed away, I don't know, like four or five months ago, like some crazy weird accident. So they're trying to figure out if it was like suicide or weird. It was weird. But um, yeah, so he did that. And then also, like in regards to like, it's too cost costly. Well, one, most of the cities don't want it because of the taxation. So the park owner pays the bulk of the taxes for the land to get approval. It's it's only about seven to ten parks based on the data we can find. There's not like really institutional data, but it's almost impossible to get a brand new park. So you can't just go buy a lot, you know, and then say, hey, well then then there's the cost structure of it, the cost basis. So you have to put in the you know the the sewage, the water line, do you have to connect to like either city or bring in your own sewage or water? All that infrastructure is very costly. And then you have to buy, you're not going to find used homes to bring in. You're going to have to buy new homes. And Warren Buffett uh, is the biggest uh, owner of mobile homes 
uh, manufacturing. It's called Clayton Homes. So he's got this multi-billionaire company, Clayton Homes, that builds mobile homes. But the average home is seventy-five thousand. So if you bring in ten homes at seven point, you know, seven hundred fifty thousand, you bring in twenty homes, one point five million, plus the infrastructure, and then you have to get people to come in. So like at that point, you're not even profitable usually on a, a cost basis for like three or four years if you get approved. So what most people, like all the investors do is they buy some that's already cash flow positive, like here, here's our 40 year history of this park. Here's how much income comes in. Here's the expenses. Here's what we can improve upon. And they buy some from day one that pays their bills. And the way they make money is they reduce overhead, increase rents. So that's the bit of the course side of it is going to these smaller owners uh, and then saying, hey, like a lot of these guys are 60s, 70s. They developed in the 70s, 80s. They're, you know, they're older. The kids don't want to do anymore. Uh, so you come in and say, hey, you can literally just drive by your local park and look for sale for sale by owner in the windows. Most of these aren't, aren't listed on MLS. And if a broker lists it, it's they don't know how to price it because it's not it's not the same data as a house. And then plus, any real estate broker does not want to be showing a house when they can be selling a house for $7,000 across. So the brokers never really focus on it because it's not worth their time. So for you, as an investor, this is where you make your money. Like the brokers, you can make the same what they would make, but the real estate broker doesn't want to do any work. They just want to throw MLS, sit back, collect calls. Yeah, that's we got a couple offers on it. Boom. Your value is driving around local parks or looking at Facebook Marketplace, looking for sale by owners, which is really easy because remember, there's no nobody really doing it. Spend your weekend doing one or two days doing that, find three or four, buy one of them, maybe two of them, and then less is more. So yeah. um, outside, nothing crazy. Replace the windows. Uh, and the thing is with mobile homes, you can't knock down like the walls because the whole thing will collapse. So it's not like you're doing like these crazy gut rehabs, like a regular single family house. And like all of a sudden there's mold and like all this crazy stuff they discover. Well, yeah, there could be mold, but you just, the, the, the amount of work you have to do if you want to do in a rehab is significantly less. Like an average flip should take seven to 10, maybe two weeks. And that's like usually replacing the floor if it needs it, the subfloor, put some new carpet uh you know maybe some new appliances update the kitchen update the bathroom do some fixtures power wash and clean the inside uh and that's about it and maybe you want to paint the outside like and maybe add a new ramp or something like that so it's very or just replace it like if it's a handicap one so it's literally like literally like 10 to 15 things you could do and then you need to put it back on facebook marketplace and you're not paying a real estate broker so you're basically eliminate the real estate broker as the middleman they don't know how to market anyway and then as like people, your creatives are using Facebook. Well, Facebook's the most powerful platform for marketing. Throw, throw it on Facebook Marketplace, even though you could use your own you know, ad account or just do the boost. But, you know, because you can't really super target because it's a housing and they put new restriction on like two years ago. But throw on 50 bucks, you'll get <clears throat> 20, 30 calls in like three days. And then you just find one buyer and you flip it and boom. Because it's, remember, there's a shortage of affordable housing. The average house is 300,000. You have a you bought the house for 10, put five grand in it, you saw it for 20, 25, you know, that's, and there's real, and you can't compare it. The good thing about it is real estate, regular MLS data is not collected. They're not most 99% of part or homes aren't selling an MLS and it's not a comparative because the brokers don't know how to price it. So you can make up the price. You just say, Hey, I need to make five or seven grand for it. Look at a couple of comps, but then like, there's no data on like regular single families. So you could say, well, we put, new floor in and we power wash it and like it's better than this unit even though it's similar i need five grand for it and you'll have 20 people that want it so you yep. control unlike mls which controls the data so you have this 
basically where that, I mean, plus where else can somebody live in a house for less of the cost of like a Honda Civic? Right. <laughs> and pay 10 bucks. So they don't care. Like I can, you know, my minimum wage and be living comfortably and then it's cheaper than my car parked up front. It's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, my, my wheels are just spinning. And then, and then you have a digital marketing agency too. So do you go, you know how to market these things as well? Yep. Yeah, exactly. So that's so the advantage. Just, like, yeah. It's, I mean, it's just a win-win situation. Do you market specifically for real estate agents? No, we focus on, uh, on the agency side. We do, uh, Facebook ads and Google ad legion, basically, uh, for H for HVAC and RV dealerships. So RV is very closely, uh, reason we don't do mobile home parks is mainly because the, the average mobile home park is like three or 400,000 in revenue. And if you're charging, you know, three or four grand a month or plus ad spend, like they're not even making any money. So right. it doesn't make sense for them. They're, they make their money on the, you know, when you, where you make the money in mobile home parks is if you're, uh, the best tax advantage of all real estate is actually 15 years for land appreciation. Uh, multifamily apartments, think Grand Cargon, those are 27.5. And any homes owned by the park is 27.5. So we have, you know, their Grand Cardone's like, oh, you know, tax depreciation, like we actually have the best of all real estate, it's 15 years. And it's kind of a little known fact. And then when you sell it, just same thing, you want to buy it, you know, you borrow the park for a million and a half and sell it 10 years down the road for three, three and a half. That's where you make your money. You don't make it. And plus you get better cash flow than other real estate, but it's not like a local HVAC guy that does 300,000 a month in cash flow. I could charge him, you know, you could charge him four or five grand a month because then you're going to add an extra half million, million dollars in revenue. So the, that's what we focus on those two niches. Uh, we also do custom websites, a, lot of, well, a handful of custom websites a year that they're pretty good. Uh, we're actually really good at that. So, and then regards to marketing it for, yeah, for, you know, our, the parks we own, yeah. So I use face. I use the same thing. I'm teaching the course. I'm literally showing people. Like I'm, if I check right now, I probably got six or seven messages from people just from the Facebook boost and one of the one of the homes we're selling. So I'm just I'm so fascinated by all this. I'm like, I want to go learn more. <laughs> so when your course <laughs> comes out, I'm like, okay, because I get bored, and then I'm like, okay, what are we gonna do next? <laughs> But well, Tennessee is a hot state. Ten everyone's moving from like Chicago, where I'm at, uh, New York, or coming to the three hottest states are Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. So yeah, yeah, it's like we have so many people moving here, and I don't know the 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 news, the media. They're like a hundred people a day, and it's awesome for the economy and for businesses. And there's some really large companies moving here. Um, but it definitely drives the cost up of real estate, yeah. <laughs> even like the further you get out of the city. Um, what, like where I grew up, like 30 minutes outside of the city, Mount Juliet, like what you used to could get for your money and like what you can get now, you know, it just keeps like, it was like Going inching up. up and then the pandemic hit and it, everything just, you know, shot up. So this is a great, a great thing. So if people want to learn how to do this, when, will your course be available and what is the site so people can go and check it out? Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be, I mean, I just, the last couple of days, I put probably 10 hours. I did the last 50, 49 states. Cause there's no, there's officially no mobile homes in Hawaii just because of the, it's in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and so yeah, they need a manufacturer there and there's, and then the house, you know, there's so many different islands. So they've never really, 
put it out there. I think it would do really well for like the Big Island. But uh, so the 49 states, I had literally put down all the title laws. Um, and so like I'm literally filming some content today. That's where I got the hat and the backdrop here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Love the it. Step and repeat, I guess you call them. Um, so yeah, yeah. So thank you. So about four weeks out. So well, it's going to be pretty comprehensive. I really put a lot of effort into it. I have all the contracts. I have like a lot of people, the exclusive interviews are not on any other course. And so we wanted to be cheaper than all the other courses, the other, you know, like by a third, I, I've looked at the pricing, what they want. And we have the private Facebook group and then we'll have special, um, guests to come on to give like live Q and a type of stuff. And then we have literally step-by-step step and then so much like we have a calculator which like you put for cost because you mentioned that <clears throat> lumber cost is the biggest thing right now for flooring <laughs> that's going up like yes i would say like an average house spending like a thousand dollars more compared to like it's a smaller house than a three thousand square foot house an average will only all like 900 to 1200 square feet but so at least saving the lumber cost but those are crazy right now uh, and then we have like a, a cost simulator. Uh, June 14th is probably when it'll be launched. And that's, uh, we do have a site right now. We, it's not the click funnel. It's not that I have two funnels built, but they're not live. Uh, it's mobilehomewealthacademy.com. So mobilehomewealthacademy.com. And you can put fill out there and they'll have like a, a form, you know, a lead, lead capture in there. You get first access to it. So, and then we're going to, basically we're going to have contests. So if it does pretty well, we'll probably have contests and giveaways and things of that nature. We're, we got some good ideas would probably even buy a like give cash to somebody to buy like a small mobile home that's probably one of the ideas we're going to throw out there so that's awesome like in my world in the design world it would be like okay we're gonna run a contest to see who can decorate and design like the coolest mobile home (laughs) and people would like enter and like come and design these homes I mean everything is a contest like I don't know. We love contests. Like I'm competitive. Like I think people really love contests. So I love that idea, but we'll put everything in the show notes too. So if anybody is interested in it, they can definitely go and check it out. And then I love when, so y'all on this podcast form, we're like, Hey, where can people connect with you on social media? And are you on any social media at all? You're, you're just like, no, he's well, like, I- and I've gotten, I don't know if I'm throttled or what happened to me, but <laughs> dude, I have a decent amount of followers, like five and like four, three or 4,000 to follow me on Facebook. So I put Facebook, but every time I do a post now, like two people see it. I do a video. Yep. I'm like, I literally would have, I would do something. I would launch like, here, I'm giving away a scholarship, like, which I am for the, you know, the HVAC side. I'm giving away free scholarships, you know, two likes, zero likes. I'm like, dude, I'm giving away 50 grand and people. I do all paid now. It is definitely all pay to play. Well, with Facebook. So it's, uh, yeah, the organic reach. It, it just, it isn't there on some of the platforms. You definitely, definitely have to pay to play. And also like what makes me sad on the digital agency side yep. is like a lot of people, they don't know what they don't know. And so they'll go spend their money and boost stuff, but they're not doing it like in business manager, like under ads yep. and then they're not tracking and then they don't have a pixel code and then they can't yep. retarget and then they don't understand. And they're like, Hey, can you just run a Facebook ad? And I'm like, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> like we need a strategy and we've got to back up and I'm not just going to take your money and go run an ad. Like, and, and Facebook has just made it 
more difficult with all of the updates. Like I'm, I'm yeah. still, and they're still working through bugs, like depending on when you're listening or watching this podcast, like, you know, hopefully a lot of these things will be worked out, but even like some of the best marketers on Facebook are a little stumped at like some of the bugs and some of the things that like they're trying to work through. So, I mean, we partner with people that do it. I don't want to do it. It, it like gives me a headache, but the return on investment, when you know what you're doing, it set up correctly yeah. is really amazing. Like the reach that you have to people, but you got to know what you're doing. You can't just like sit down and watch a YouTube video. <laughs> like it's not that simple anymore. So I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts on it, but no, hundred percent. I think, uh, which you made a couple points and that kind of goes back to the courses. People think they just put a course up and all of a sudden they do organic. It's not probably going to work. And all those guys, like you mentioned, I should have mentioned this earlier, but yeah, a lot of those, like you said, how much do they put in ads? Like we're expecting like the courses to start at two and then we're going to go probably 25, three grand. We're going to kind of see what it costs to acquire a customer. Our competitors are charging five, seven, 10,000 for the exact same course that we're doing. And one of the reasons is they, they could say, Hey, it cost us, $1,500 or $2,000 to acquire a customer. So if we're paying $1,500 to acquire a customer, obviously we're not going to charge two grand. We have to go up. And that's the reason the course is, yeah, as a course, if you sell put the course at two grand, it's a hundred thousand and 1.2 million a year, but your profit margin, if you're only making 500 bucks, just, and that's not including taxes or anything else. And you might be making like 200 bucks or hundred bucks a course. And like, okay, cool. I made, you know, $10,000 in a year. So basically we have to figure out what the cost we're, We've talked to a couple of founder builders. We actually I out, I hired two of the best, and I have two different people you know they've done their funnels, uh, or the funnels you probably bought from, um, just because they were ex excellent what they did. So they were saying five hundred to fifteen hundred depends on what the the promise and the offer is, and then also which goes back to you said in this this year the new Facebook with Apple issue, uh, changing the rules and the retargeting. The retargeting is going to be a big thing. I would recommend people using AdRoll, AdRoll for retargeting a perfect perfect audience those are good platforms for retargeting and it makes you look like you're a lot bigger than you are um and those are you could go for little like five or seven dollars a day for those and those are actually really easy stuff because it's just literally just be following ads they just put your, you put the pixel on your website have a just web developer do that <clears throat> and then they even uh, uh ad will actually give you the first ad sets for free so you'll have your cool creative and your copy on there and then you'll be up and running in like two days so AdRoll is good for retargeting. I recommend them. And they, those are those ads that will appear on like if you're on TMZ or CNN, Fox, whatever. They'll follow them around and all those little ads on the side of the, so it makes you look like a lot bigger company. But Facebook, yeah, but like you mentioned, Facebook, it's getting the, they change the back end every month. So like when I, every day, <laughs> so every time like, oh, you click here and that's like a new button. Like, yep. <laughs> and sometimes I'm going to call the client. I'll do a zoom like, Hey, let's do some changes here. Quickly. And then I look like an idiot. I'm like, this was what it was yesterday, but now they move that, that section somewhere. And then it takes me like an extra 10 seconds. You find it. It's like an extra 10 seconds, but you look like you're like, you haven't done it before. I'm like, I'm like, they literally changed it. By the time we have like this called, you know, if we did it tomorrow, they might even change the back end again. It's like, I don't know why they do that, but there's like no other platform changes their back end and the business manager every like it's literally like every month like it's small changes and like you, so even if you went to youtube like if the youtube video is more than like three months old i guarantee the where you click on is going to be off <laughs> so those videos oh, those videos on youtube if you're trying to figure out how to set up your ads unless it's like within this 2021 it's probably you're going to be spending an extra hour trying to set up that because it could be off 
It's so true. It's so, so true. It's, I just have to laugh at it. I mean, every Monday we like get on with our, our whole team and then the guy that like leads the initiative of it. he's like, Oh my God, they moved it again. Oh my God. And he says the same thing. He's like, I'm not an idiot. Like I just, and I'm like, listen, I know you don't have to explain it to me. Just find it. So the next time I need to see something, I'll know where it is. And then I'll go in to look for it. And it's not, the button's gone. I'm like, yeah, for no reason. I don't know why Facebook does that. It just, it's, and they have the worst, they have the worst reps. Like I have a rep. And you're spending after you start spending so much, they have like the generic and then they have like the first tier. There's like three tiers of reps. Yeah. But then like a lot of times these people are like their best bet is actually just talk to people that are spending millions of dollars in Facebook ads. So getting groups online or you know, in Facebook, those guys will actually like, yeah, the rep doesn't know what they're talking about because Facebook says this, but the algorithm is performing different than what they expected. So follow the people who are actually spending the money, you'll get a lot better advice than the, you know, the reps that are paid like significantly less if a guy is making millions of dollars on facebook and revenue i listen to him more than somebody that's just going there chewing on some gum and doesn't really care a hundred percent that's like a big tip don't listen to the, the and google same with google the google has the reps like they think they know but then they they give you like the worst advice like and it's funny because you'll literally see groups of people like hey i did their recommendations and now my ad costs have like tripled Yep. That's crazy. So don't listen to the advice. Like get, get in groups, get, you know, hire people that could perform for you. Like you mentioned, get, get a team that's going to help you. And that's the key is like you, it sounds easy, like you said, but it's not like you need a team in today's business. So if there's an entrepreneurs on here, they're first, you know, they're solo entrepreneur, they're first getting going, start finding some people you could partner with. You could maybe do a rev share. Like I do rev share, even with uh, I have a couple of e-com stores. I like, even though I have media buyers, I'd rather hire the best. I'm like, here, I'll do a rev share uh, because if they're going to make me more money and I kind of my team focus on my clients, but if they're going to make me more money on that specific niche, I partner with them and say, hey, well, if you perform, I'll put the credit card behind it and we'll rev share with you. And then that that's way to grow your business. So look at ways to be creative and don't look at like trying to, you know, to nickel and dime every a dollar, find partners, partner up with people, invest in yourself. And it's going to pay off long-term because you got to keep experimenting, testing different things and see what works for you. And that's, you know, some key takeaways if some of these are kind of first getting entrepreneurship and this, the faster you test, the faster you get to results. And some things you think will work, probably won't. And things you don't think will work, will work. So just get out there and test it. Like, you know, and with the course side of it, the biggest key takeaway is just like, just have the quality content out there and find a niche that people, it's not super oversaturated. Like there's three or four other courses right now. and Right now, the hot, one of the hottest selling click funnels is a mobile home niche, and then the other ones are all doing seven figures. So, like, I'd be highly surprised if we don't hit seven figures because we we have the media buying team, we have two hot top top end funnels, and then we have we're basically undercutting everyone plus a year guarantee, plus we have all the contracts, plus forty nine forty nine states you need all the title, you know, all the title tips, everything you need to, to succeed, and then plus we have all these exclusive interviews. So, like, we're basically coming in like the Bulls from the 90s or like LeBron James from the Lakers last year. We're coming in like this all-star team. So as long as the offer kit hits, I don't see why we won't hit a million. I love so. it. <clears throat> so one last question. Tell everybody how long you it took you to build the course and focus on it. Yeah, so I've been, well, a couple of things. Yeah, so I've, I started kind of promoting, well, I first started the first uh, funnel builder 
about this time last year. And then they did have the funnel <clears throat> and it's, I love the guy. He's on my Facebook and he's very, very known. Like you've probably seen his ads. Um, the first funnel, they did a, an offer. So it was a little bit cheaper and then they ended up getting too many people and up signing with like, they originally reached out to me and the price was like way more expensive. And they came back like, oh, we're doing a special for a couple of people. Like we literally like your concept. So we're just a couple of people. So what happened was they were, they blew up in last year. Like if I mentioned the guy's name, you, you know who he is. He's all over the internet and does very well. Um, and the first funnel took like three months and it was like complete garbage. It looked like something from like 2001, like somebody like that just did the first click funnels. There's no graphics, no design, no copy. I'm like, I just went off. I'm like, what is this crap? Like, dude, I waited three months of my life for a funnel that looks like, you know, somebody you just outsourced on Upwork for like a hundred bucks. Like that was that bad. I'm like, dude, I got all these podcasts I'm on. Like I was, we're all ready to go. And then like, they're like, no, we're sorry. If you don't mind waiting another five, six weeks, we'll re re rectify the situation. They came back with the funnel of all funnels. Like you could tell, like I said, here's what I need. They came out like exactly like they do for like their celebrity clients. And like, this guy's, You'll know if I mention, I was thankful this day because he was one of the, because sometimes in this digital marketing agency, you have people that just kind of like disappear. Like I, when I was speaking to my e-commerce guys, I went through seven media buyers before I found somebody good. Yep. Seven. So that's the people like, and the problem is every time I give them the, it's four or five, six grand per testing plus, you know, so you're losing money until like yep. you mentioned, like, you're going to lose money in digital marketing until you have enough data and have the right team. Like. The, the, this dream of like, oh, you just start off and then tomorrow you're going to start making money digitally. No, you're going to lose money. Like it's, you need some credit card, you need to have some reserve and now everyone's online. So it's going to get worse and worse. And so yep. if we're all using Facebook ads and you're all using click funnels and it looks the same, the offer's the same, you have to have a, a trendy niche or great offer. And a lot of times some of the best million dollar courses, like you see the funnel, you're like, I don't know how this, it's so basic. The, prom the, the promise is good and it's so basic and simple funnel. Like it's the more intricate ones, you're like, oh, this would do really well. It doesn't do well. <laughs> so, but yeah, going back to you, say invest in the team. Uh, it, uh, so that was last year. We came back, we had the funnel ready. And then like, I, I had like a lot of uh, autoimmune inflammation, all this stuff from last year because I was overworking, overstressed. And so I just kind of derailed me for the last few months of recording. I've kind of got like insecure of like, I lost some hair. Like I still have a full head of hair, but like I lost, you know, like, like they call it telogen something, or I lost like 30% yep. hair, but luckily I had like more than hair than like 99% of the people. But me, I'm like so known for my hair. So I was like little, I'm doing all these like, you know, collagen peptides and bio 10, 10,000 milligrams and like MSM, all the different, you know, you know, vitamin and sleep, going to sleep. And stuff. I used to get up like work from like four o'clock. I'm like, let me sleep into like six, six thirty now. So I'm getting more sleep. Uh, but so the moral of the story is it took me, it's going to be from the original concept to me talking about it last year, about this month, it's going to be about a year. Mm -hmm. So, and I'll make improvements on it. And I could have gone done it in probably like six months. Like we were talking before. It's like to do it right. Like I didn't want to be in like CoffeeZilla or one of those, like, like this is a scam. Like we literally like, and then I'm going to have probably, I would say eight to 10 hours, maybe 12 hours of video content, plus all the contracts, the contracts alone, if you went to a local, even if you got them on like a cheap website and like all the, you're probably spending 500 bucks in contracts as a minimum, but probably about two or three grand for the contracts I'm providing. Those are, so you're right there, you're breaking even or not, uh, plus all the other step, the time you save. And then the cool thing about our niche is 
unlike regular single family, you don't need a 700 credit. You don't need to have 20% down. A 20% down on a $300,000 house you want to flip or you get it for 200, you're still putting 40,000 down. You could buy five mobile homes and remodel them for that and make the same or if not more and do it every week, every two weeks, flip them. Like, it doesn't take more than a month. Like we, and the cool thing about our niche, it's such it's so basic that they think it flip mobile homes really quickly and there's such a need for affordable housing. So it's not like, one thing, it's gonna really help people to make that extra income, but it also provide quality affordable housing for people that need it. So, but like you said, it took a year, it's gonna take basically a year. And also for me, I was a little nervous, even though I do like a lot of podcasts, I was just a little nervous to record myself on video. <laughs> This is like, I, don't, I mean, I can talk. I, I speak in, says I, that. I just, it's different. Like, when I'm speaking in front of people, I'm fine. I'm speaking and I speak digital marketing. I do like conferences and stuff like that. I speak on stages and so I'm comfortable with that. But it's weird recording yourself and then uploading it to the internet. I just, it's just weird to me. I felt the same way when I first started doing video, but I had the best, one of the best video coaches he used to work with Dave Ramsey. That's where I met him years ago doing a podcast. And he was like, you got to get over it, Angela. It's not about you. It's not about, you know, I mean, I'm a chick. It's like, well, my hair and my makeup and my clothes. And he's like, it's not about you, honey. It's about the knowledge and everything that you're sharing and how you can help so many people. And literally my first video, my very first video that I ever did, he's like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, it's a Friday night. I'm rolling washcloths and um, soaking them in my bathtub um, with cucumbers to make these really like fresh smelling washcloths for an outdoor event tomorrow. Like that's what I'm doing tonight, like 500. So we went to the Dollar Tree and like, you know, got all these white washcloths, but, and then we throw them away afterwards because it's gross. Like people are sweating all over them, whatever. <laughs> and so he's like, awesome. I want you to video that. And I'm like, why? No, like, I'm going to be in my robe. My hair's on top of my head. Like I do this before I go to bed and it soaks overnight. And he's like, I want you to video it. And I want you to explain what you're doing. I'm like, but this is stupid. Like it's common sense. Like an outdoor wedding, you know, whatever. And um, so I did, I did what he told me to do. And oh my God, he was so right. Like he, he knows what he's doing. And all these people started commenting. They're like, oh my God, this is genius. I never thought of this and da, da, da. And I'm just like, oh, wow. What I know and the knowledge I've learned over the years in working in hospitality, not everybody knows these things. Right. And what seems so simple to us is not so simple to everybody else, but it was such a great, I'm so glad that happened to me like early on before video really took off from a marketing perspective, because now like the first few years, I was like, everything has to be perfect. And then I just, I got so over it. And then the things that actually perform better is when I'm not like so perfect because you're not relatable. People yeah. want to relate to you. And so I'm like, I'm not perfect. I'm always learning. We make mistakes, which I call them opportunities. So it's like the more transparent that you are with your audience, the more they appreciate that. And I mean, that's why people listen and watch to this podcast. It's like, you're not going to fluff it up. Like you tell it how it is. You use yourself as experience shares constantly. And I'm like, if I just would have had this 15 years ago, I, I would be a little bit further along. And I mean, the whole, it all goes back to helping people. So 
I feel like I'm like preaching to you, but I'm like, don't worry about your hair and the way it looks and all that, because as long as your knowledge and what you're sharing is a powerful message and it's going to help other people, you're good. And like you're and the bigger you grow and the more your video gets out there, the more trolls you're going to have. And like when Pete, I love it when people do it, I'm like, I'll pray for you, but clearly you watched my video. So right. you must yeah, have learned you got their something. Attention. You want. Yeah. So it's like reframing on it. And I mean, we've even, we've even turned a few trolls into clients like online where they end up buying because they're like, oh, we didn't expect you to come back. It's almost like they're looking for a fight. And usually right. it's never about you. Like it's something with it's their insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. So go do the videos and crush it. And we'll put all this in the show notes. I could talk to you forever, but we have to wrap up. And this was so much fun. So thank you so much for being here and everybody listening. Be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Bye y'all. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done. Would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I want to know your aha moments. Until next week, remember the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.